what happens when sexual perversion spews forth from pulpits in America. This occurs weekly across our nation, but not all of it comes in torrents. Some of it is covert, like when J.D. Greer said that God whispers about sexual sins such as homosexuality. I don't think God was whispering when Sodom was turned to ash, nor when he declared the death penalty for adulterers or for homosexuals. God speaks with a forceful and clear voice as it pertains to sexual immorality, though kudos to Greer for later repudiating that bit of nonsense. Now, some of it is overt, like revoice Christians who claim that identifying as a homosexual is fine as long as one remains celibate. Would revoice Christians advocate that a man who desires sexual intimacy with other men's wives identify as an adulterer as long as he physically refrains from committing adultery? Or as a gossip, as long as he keeps his lips sealed? How about as a murderer, as long as he does not murder? As Paul articulates in 1 Corinthians 6, Christians do not identify with their sins, but with the one who redeemed them from their sins. Christians mortify their sins. They do not keep them alive and play some foolish game of chicken with evil. Finally, some of the sexual perversion flowing from our pulpits shouts, like when a so-called female pastor delivers a sparkle creed in imitation of a genuine creed, like the Apostles or the Nicene. Creeds developed and delivered by learned and orthodox men articulating truth from the Bible, stand the test of time, and teach sound doctrine. Creeds developed and delivered by women beholden to the spirit of our age, who seek approval from our wicked culture, blaspheme God's name, sending ignorant masses down the road to perdition, and teaching the doctrines of demons. Okay, welcome to today's episode of the Jason Modar Show. As I alluded to in the introduction, we are going to be watching a video titled The Sparkle Creed that was uploaded not too long ago by Woke Preacher Clips. Uh, in the video, it is a female pastor delivering a creed, or should I say leading her congregation in the recitation of a creed titled The Sparkle Creed, which attempts to articulate some truths about God. And what she ends up actually doing is our articulating truths about a god that, well, isn't actually a god. So are they even truths that she's articulating? No. She ends up articulating a bunch of lies and attempts to proclaim them as truths and lead her congregation in this recitation of lies that are actually falsehoods and grossly wicked sayings about God. This video, this video is part funny, part sad, and part a whole bunch of other things. It's short. It's a it's an actual short, so it's about a minute long. So what I'm going to do is play it in its entirety. We'll get a good laugh and a good chuckle out of it, and then I'm going to go back through, play it again, and stop it along the way and do some analysis and provide some responses to this lady and her Sparkle Creed. So let me shrink myself down to size here. Okay, there she is. It is the Sparkle Creed. Let me refresh the page and then we will get going on the Sparkle Creed. So again, I'm just gonna let it roll, we'll hear it all the way through, and then I'll play it again and provide some commentary. So let's get started. Let us confess our faith today in the words of the Sparkle Creed. I believe in the non-binary God whose pronouns are plural. I believe in Jesus Christ, their child, who wore a fabulous tunic and had two dads and saw everyone as a sibling child of God. 
I believe in the rainbow spirit who shatters our image of one white light and refracts it into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity. I believe in the church of everyday saints as numerous, creative, and resilient as patches on the ace quilt, whose feet are grounded in mud and whose eyes gaze at the stars in wonder. I believe in the calling to each of us that love is love is love. So beloved, let us love. I believe, glorious God, help my unbelief. Amen. Let us okay. So there you go. Quite a lot going on there. A lot of things that could certainly be said in response to a great deal of it. So, now that you've listened to it once in its entirety and its glory, or should I say in its putrid wickedness, let's listen to it again. And I'll provide some feedback along the way. So, oh, here we go. Let's confess our faith today in the words of the Sparkle Creed. I believe... The Sparkle Creed. In the non-binary God, whose pronouns are plural. All right, so if by non-binary, she's attempting to articulate that God isn't a human being because he's a spirit being, then yes, that is correct. But that's not what she's trying to do. Now, see, the triune God of the scriptures is neither male nor female uh, by his nature. But he's also not some sort of made-up term like non-binary. So non-binary individuals, when they say that they're non-binary, they mean that they do not identify their gender according to the binary categories of male and female. The only two expressions of gender, is expression even the right word? The only two gender realities that exist in God's created order. That's it. You're either male or female. That is it. Your sex is male or female. Your gender is male or female. If your biological sex is male, you express your gender as, as male. That's biblical. Same thing if you're born female, you express it as female. So what she's doing here is she is attempting to take God and reduce him to human terms. Now, yes, God did come as the Logos, as the Word made flesh in his son, Jesus Christ, but he was a God-man. He was fully God and fully man. He wasn't some mere human being confused about his gender or refusing to identify along the gender binary that he actually created. God's not a contradiction. He's not rejecting himself in his own created order. So, Yes, we can laugh at this, but this is also a spit in the face of the character of God, the holy good character of God, reducing him to mere human terms and reducing him to a human being who is either just outright rejecting or is utterly confused, whether through mental illness or through the manipulation or possession of a demon, doesn't know who they are. God knows precisely who he is. And this whole idea that... God, you know, has plural pronouns. The reason why God has plural pronouns is because he's a trinity, not because he's a tranny. I believe in Jesus Christ, their child, who wore a fabulous tunic and had two dads and saw Okay, let's let's just stop there for a second. So I'm I'm not sure who it is that this creed is referencing she just said jesus that's not a jesus that i recognize i've come across some guys in my time named jesus many of them most of them pronounce their name jesus so maybe she's referring to a jesus or some other jesus out there but this is not the jesus of the bible this reminds me of what the apostle paul says when he talks to the galatians that 
he's warning the Galatians that they are accepting a gospel that is not a gospel at all. So this woman is talking about a Jesus that isn't a Jesus at all. This is some dumb, mute God that's fashioned out of wood or stone or from the dust of whatever is left of this woman's brain. This is not the triune God of the scripture. She has not just described Jesus. Jesus didn't have two dads. Again, she's reducing Jesus to a guy who had two. So if you have two dads, what's the implication? Or at least what's the inference? The inference is that, or the implication is that they're both home, they're homosexuals. They're gay men. They're gay men who are engaging in gay sex with each other and gay romantic overtures towards each other. So God the Father is now a homosexual human who is gay for Joseph. Uh, poor Mary, she gets totally left out of this creed, by the way. Forget the fact that Jesus had a mother as well. So again, God is reduced to a human being. He's a gay, he's a gay man. So he, he becomes and embodies a sexual perversion that God says in his law that those people should be put to death for engaging in that sort of behavior. According to this woman, he becomes that sort of a person who should be put to death, has, is having sex with another guy, and those two gay men together encompass Jesus's family. So again, I'm not sure what Jesus she's talking about, but it's not the Lord of the scriptures. It's not the Lord of of the universe. It is not the Lord through whom all things were created. Everyone as a sibling child of God, I believe in the rainbow spirit. Okay, and then she just said that Jesus recognized everyone as a sibling child of God. That's not true. Jesus was very clear with who his family was. His family were those who obeyed his commandments. You know, he who does the will of my father they are my my brother, my sister, my mother. That's who is identified as the family, the siblings, the spiritual siblings of Jesus Christ. And Paul articulates this further in one of his letters when he talks about how we are adopted sons and daughters of the Father. Well, who's the we? Christians. Not unbelievers, not a Muslim, not an Orthodox Jew, not an atheist, not a Hindu, not a progressive humanist or a, or a secularist. They're not Jesus' siblings. Christians are Jesus' siblings. There's not some universality to humanity that everybody's God's child. No. Yeah, everybody's an image bearer of God and was created by God, but we're not all his children. His children are those who do the will of his Father. His children are those who confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that he was raised from the dead. All right, let's listen to her talk about the rainbow spirit who shatters our image of one white light and refracts it into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity oh, okay so this is just an attack on white people white people you're terrible you're awful we need to be more diverse okay that that's cliche I've heard that one before that is i mean my my skin is pretty much a an elephant's hide when it comes to accusations of racism and all that other stuff all right, so the so the purpose the purpose of the Holy Spirit is not to be our advocate, is not to be our comforter, is not to lead us to walk in the law of God, it's not to sanctify us, it's to shame white people and make our churches more diverse. That apparently is the point of the Holy Spirit. That's a pretty weak and pathetic Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, that's the rainbow spirit that she just described. My bad. She's obviously not talking about the actual Holy Spirit. 
church of everyday saints, as numerous, creative, and resilient as patches on the ace quilt. Did she just say catches on the AIDS quilt? I've got to know if that's what she just said. That's really weird. I need to listen to that again. Okay, so I just turned on the captions, and according to the captions, yes, numerous, creative, and resilient as patches on the AIDS quilt. So what she was saying there about us being creative and numerous and resilient, she was actually saying something true in this creed and then she talked about as patches on the AIDS quilt so that's really weird so some sort of appeal to people who have AIDS I, I can't know this for sure but if I had to guess that would have something to do with homosexuals who predominantly are the ones who get and spread AIDS because homosexual specifically gay sex so sex between two men that's the way that that kind of a sexually transmitted disease aids is most likely to be spread so this is some sort of a call for inclusion of homosexuals into the people of god that's not true i mean certainly you know if you're a homosexual that means like i articulated in my introduction if you are identifying if you're unrepentant and you are identifying with that sin you are either a christian who is on the road to apostasy and leaving the faith because you're attempting to identify with your sin or you have not actually repented yet and you are on the road to perdition you are on the road to hell and you need to repent you need to turn around you need to face a holy god get on your knees repent and begin to follow him in his ways and his son jesus not whatever that freak machination that she described earlier because that wasn't jesus okay the aids quilt i thought that's what she said whose feet are grounded in mud, and whose eyes gaze at the stars in wonder. I believe in the calling to each of us that love is love is love. Ah, uh, yes. Good old love is love is love. All right. So there are many things wrong with that whole idea. Love is love. Look, guys, love is love. And usually that means let gay men love each other and have sex. Let lesbian women love each other and have sex. Let whatever sort of combination of human beings, however they want to identify, however they want to express themselves sexually, look, love is love. Just let them love each other, love them. And, lo and so when you say love is love, first of all, it's just logically incoherent. It's attempting to define a word with itself. That's a circular definition. It's not a proper way of defining a term. You have learned nothing about what love is when you say love is love. Even if you say it three times, love is love is love. Maybe that's, is she attempting to like when God is called holy, holy, holy. Is she attempting to do that with the creed? How wicked if she is. It's wicked either way. But this idea that love is love is love, you've learned nothing. Even if you repeat it three times, we have learned nothing about what you mean by love. What is love? Can you explain to me what that is? It would be like me saying a bear is a bear or a bear. Even if I were to say a bear, well, that's, that's an animal. That's a bear. You've learned nothing about a bear. And just like when she says love is love is love, you're actually learning nothing. See, like the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed, they teach you something about God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the church. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible, and in the one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten and not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made. And I could continue on, but look at, think about all of the things that I just rattled off that you are learning about God. You are learning about the truth of who he 
is. You're learning about the truth of who he is. I mean, ultimately, she's talking about a made-up God here. It's fitting that this female pastor is talking about a made-up God because, after all, she is a made-up, she's a pretend pastor. Just like there's no such thing as homosexual marriage because there's no biblical category for homosexual marriage. It's not something that God created. It's not a reality within God's economy. Similarly, there is no biblical category for female pastor. So it's very fitting, a pretend pastor reciting a pretend creed about a pretend God. But anyway, back to love is love. So by saying love is love, you've, you've taught us nothing. It's just a way to, without defining your terms, because if you if these people define their terms and got specific, you could easily tear apart what they say. So when you just say love is love, that leaves it ambiguous enough to where you can't nail them down, but we know what they're really saying. It means let the gays be gays, let the lesbians be lesbians, don't question the trannies, let them do whatever they want to do, even if it's clearly against the scriptures. But hear about this, or how about this? If love is love, then a 35-year-old man can love an eight-year-old boy no problem, right? The two of them can love each other and be romantic and intimate together. I'm sorry to get gross, but I mean, if love is love, then that that's cool, right? If love is love, then a man can love his dog or his horse and want to have sex with either, right? I mean, after all, you're telling me that love is love. See, when you say that love is love, and you offer no sort of clarifying or precising definition of what you mean, you open up the perversion wormhole. Of course, the LGBTQ have already opened up that wormhole. So beloved, let us love. I believe, glorious God, help my unbelief, amen. I believe, glorious God, help my unbelief, amen. These, these people reciting this creed and this woman leading them in this creed, they're the ones who need help with their unbelief. They are so far away from what is actually the character of God. It's laughable. And, and as much as it is right and good to laugh at this nonsense, because it should be laughed at, it should be mocked mercilessly. Uh, let us not forget, number one, that this is an affront to a holy God, and that these people are lost and are on their way to hell or on their way out the Christian faith at best by being a part of this garbage. This is a purposeful, this, this sparkle creed, a purposeful and insidious and wicked perversion of the character of God and the creeds that are meant to proclaim truth about him. Truly our prayer should be that this wicked woman, because that's what she is, this wicked woman and those who placed her in the pulpit in front of those people who propagate wickedness alongside her and all of those people who are there in the congregation, unwittingly or wittingly, pray that they come to repentance. But I also pray that this woman and the, and the people who are in charge, who know exactly what they're doing, that they are crushed into dust at the feet of the Lord. And I hope that's metaphor, metaphorical. I pray that that is metaphorical, that they are crushed in, repent, in repentance and baptism, that they are crushed by salvation, that they are crushed in the name of the Lord Jesus by bowing their knee to him. But if they refuse, if they continue to propagate falsehoods like this, leading people to hell with this abominable wickedness, then I pray they are smitten and rebuked with the holiness of the wrath of God, wrath of God and that they are made a footstool for the Lord. Yet again, my prayer is, though, that this ends for them in repentance and not in the wrath of God 
being poured out upon them because they refused to submit to the one on whom God's wrath was poured out on on the cross, that being our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, thank you all so very much for swinging by and checking out today's episode. Lord willing, I'll be back next week with another, and we'll have some more fun. God bless you guys.